Hello, everyone, and welcome to Bobblehead Podcast. We have a really fun podcast today. Where we really talked to Davin, and Davin really, really gleaned some good information on the idea behind blame versus accountability. So we dive pretty deep into what each one of those things are and how we take those to our workplace, but also how do we deal with those things internally when things don't go well? Do we blame ourselves? Do we blame others? Do we hold each other accountable? Do we hold ourselves accountable? So I think you'll get a lot out of this. So uh, be sure and listen in. Tim Elliott, how are you, sir? Hello, Davin. This, <laughs> this is new. This is completely different. Yeah. yeah. So um, this is something that for everyone that we're trying new and different. So we've been talking about doing this for a long time. But uh, it takes a little bit to get all this put together. So uh, fortunately or unfortunately, people can actually see what we look like. And um, this may be the end of our podcast career right here. You know, I've always said I had a face for radio. And, uh, you know, for people, obviously, nobody really was able to watch this thing in the past. We were yeah. sitting next to each other at a table just having a conversation. And now right. all of a sudden... I walk in today and there's lights and there's halos and there's I don't like boom you, mics. I feel, and I feel exposed. I, I do. I feel exposed. Yeah, and, and, yeah. and like we said, I was looking for the good side of my face and I realized that I don't have a good side of my face. <laughs> so, you know, it's like, it's throwing it out there a little bit, but it's, uh, it's um, kind of cool. I think on the podcast, we call that self-reflection. Self-reflection. That's a big self-reflection, buddy. It's, you know, it, and it doesn't lie. Yeah. But you know what though? We do have these, these fancy coffee mugs. We do. Those are cool. Yeah. What, what does your say? Mine says uh, world's best CEO, and I believe on the back it says self-proclaimed. So these are opinions. We're going, we're going with mugs that have, have opinions on them. As good. is everything. On <laughs> Trust me, I'm a chief operating officer. Yeah, and, and again, like that is true in, in, the, in, the, in the factual sense that I actually am a chief operating officer. But, but the trust the part, trust. we're still working through that. <laughs> yeah, we're, that, um, that ebbs and flows. It does. Yeah, it's a bit like the tide. <laughs> it's, it's a daily, it's a daily. Struggle. Oh man. You know, speaking of that, speaking of tide, weren't you, uh, spent some time down in South America here recently, right? Did, uh, spent a little time in Argentina doing some fishing in there about, I guess it was about three years ago we went and, uh, with a fellow friend of ours, Mr. Hartley, and we had a great time. So it was good to be back. But however, with all the COVID restrictions, it's not really about the restrictions, but it's about all the stuff you have to do to get down there. It's such a pain. You know, it takes two days to get down there. And two days and three COVID tests and mask on a plane. And, you know, traveling international has always been kind of a hassle, mm -hmm. but it's just a new level now. When you were down there for 10 days? Yeah. I, and, you know, I think I told you this, but it was kind of interesting. I, I realized on the third day of fishing that I had caught a rainbow trout and a brown trout, and they looked a lot like the ones I've caught in Colorado. Yeah. And so after the third day, I'm like, you know, I didn't have to travel to Argentina to catch brown trout and rainbow trout. Colorado's two and a half hours from us by flight. So I may try that for a while. So what was the uh, the cost per fish roundabout? Of course, let's, like you know, you wouldn't have stuff. to get exact, but I think I think my <laughs> wife actually listens to this, so I am not going to admit what that is. So it was you, it was two hundred dollars. So you caught twenty thousand trout. Over the course of that 10 day period of time, I think it was $200 total. So it was probably $2 a trout. That's not true. It was probably about $50 a trout. You know, I didn't catch And you know what's funny is you know, I grew up in north central Montana and, and there were plenty of lakes and ponds and streams and rivers and they were full of rainbow and brown yeah, trout. Yeah. 
And my childhood was pretty much marked by catching the same fish that you caught on a fancy trip in South America on a $7 Walmart <laughs> rod <Zip-o>. <laughs> with, with the shiny special. lure that you don't even cast. You just drop down by the sure. dam yeah. and they catch a seven pound rainbow, yeah. um, which I think might've been less than, than what you did per fish than what you, you paid in South America. I um, think you're right. Probably tasted the same, but you didn't know what it tastes no, like because you didn't no, get we, to eat we them. Just, yeah. We, no, we didn't eat it. We, we threw them all back. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. You know, for someone else to enjoy. <laughs> for, for someone, for the locals, for, yeah. the, for the locals to enjoy. Yeah, there's a place down there. Um, they call it Jurassic Lake. And it's where all the giant fish are. And uh, so we had, when we were at the airport, we talked to a couple of guys that have been down there. And you know what they catch those giant fish on? What's that? Those will be salmon eggs. Ah. Which is, if you're, anybody's listening, if you fish, that's cheating. Mm-hmm. You fish with salmon eggs. It's like, that's like fishing with perch for perch with corn, right? It's just cheating. You're going to catch them every time. But they caught some lunkers out of there. But they also said it was a seven-hour ride on a rough road in a truck dirt road to get to the lake huh so i'm out that's interesting i figured I'm they out. called it drastic lake only when you and hartley were there i'm waiting for this <laughs> just the the age of the person that was there uh, i didn't i didn't know if, if it was you. if it was based on on thank age you. or if it was based on size of fish so i i really do appreciate you clearing that up for me yeah thanks that's um <laughs> it means a lot that you would bring that up especially in front of our new friends here in front of our new friends yeah, yeah. you know what though but but it's they they can only say so much because you know it's family ties kind of thing yeah. so you know and i was just back here literally just <laughs> inju- just <laughs> i just caught that thank you i was just back here injuring myself yeah i, I couldn't there's something about turning 40 years old man i can't stop gotta, injuring you, myself so how many er visits have you and your family had this year so far oh god it too many to count and you know shout out i don't know if they can sponsor this or not but tricare <laughs> <laughs> The Army's healthcare system is which is what keeps me staying enlisted in the Texas Army National Guard. You know, that good old couple hundred bucks a month and, yeah. you know, like a $0 copay and a $0 deductible is the only reason that I'm not living in a van down by the river <laughs> with six people in it, man. But uh, yeah, like pop the rib out of place and like doing a deadlift, just it, turning 40 really truly does suck. So, so why don't you tell our listeners um, what you did when you first saw that rib pop out? what your first idea of how to fix it was. <laughs> so in the garage, working out, deadlift 400 pounds or something on the bar, not, not a tremendous amount of weight. And I did it and I felt like a, a, a pop. And I looked down and like my rib is protruding it, it where it wasn't before, yeah, right? And like, like, I'm not known for a set of six pack abs. So like, I, I was a little, I'm like, did I get abs all of a sudden? No, okay, side of my body, <laughs> something's clearly wrong here. I'm like, I gotta get this thing to pop back in. So I'm like, you know what? Um, I could use a doctor or I could use a pull-up bar. So I jump up on the pull-up bar. I'm like, let me see if I can get this thing to pop back in on the pull-up bar. How'd that work out? You know, it didn't work. It, no. it actually hurt a little bit worse than before. <laughs> so I went in, I told Lisa, I said, hey, something's, something's <laughs> crazy. Right. Like I can't, yeah. I can't take a breath. And I'm like, you know, yeah. give it a minute and there's something protruding. And so, you know, against my better judgment, and honestly, it takes a lot for me to go to the yeah. ER. And, and we did. And, you know, they kind of made me feel bad when I went there. Like I wasn't there very long. And they were yeah. just like, man, you popped a rib out, like tore some of the muscles around it. Like, you're fine. Like here's some naproxen and um, muscle relaxers, which I was like, sweet for, for future <laughs> use, you know, and uh, got the, got the prescription and, and off we went. And I, I felt pretty sheepish leaving there because I don't go to the yard ER very often, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, that's it. Well, that's, um, at least you're making new friends. Yeah. New friends. And you know, it, it's honestly kind of a good segue that little 
conversation there into the next rib popped out well yeah but the, the whose fault it was that that rib popped out is kind of a good little tie into it, our know, next topic is, that's really smooth well done yeah and uh, you know here at well, bobblehead podcast now where we've yeah. decided to, to change the way that we do things and it's we're trying to create series right and yeah. within these series that we create we have different you know subtopics and that all kind of tie into the greater theme of, of what it is that we're talking about and um i think we're going with personal growth no? yeah i think that's our next topic we'd we talked about, uh, I guess, in the last podcast, the Bottom of the Barrel podcast, we talked about potentially doing a podcast about something. And I think it fits very well into this series. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it really does. And, and I think, you know, me personally, the amount of personal growth that I've undergone over the course of the last year or so, and I know you've had a firsthand experience and a firsthand seat to, uh, um, you know, to, to what I've experienced over the last year. And it's really helped me grow a lot, not even just as a COO and as a professional, but, you know, as a significant other and as a, and as a father and as a friend, mm-hmm. um, and as a mentor and things like that. So, you know, I, I think this topic, the series of topics is going to be really fun to talk about. Yeah. I think it's going to be good. It's going to be a really good insight into, you know, not just what we do here at work, but of how we've learned to live our lives both personally and professionally, um, over the years, you know, I've been around a lot longer than you have, um, but you know, you've been through a lot more than I have. So it'll be a really interesting take on how you, how you became who you are to this point and how I became who I am up to this point. So with that being said, what's our first topic for the series? It's, it's this idea of, um, blame or fault Mm -hmm. versus responsibility or accountability. Okay. And as a person, the rec, the recognition of the difference of those things in any given event, and I think it can be in a personal event, it can be in a professional event, um, versus responsibility and taking ownership of your current steps and your future steps relative to to a specific event, right? And I think it's so, you know, we tend to try to isolate this series of podcasts into professional related topics, right? Mm-hmm. Because, you know, our, our target audience is business professionals, people that are like us. But, you know, we also know that it's, it's a good cliche statement to believe that you can separate work and home, right? The right. events that happen in the office are going to, pod- right. We, and we have, and, and we think for some reason that the events that happen from, you know, seven to four, seven to five, aren't going to affect what happens at home and quite frankly, vice versa. Right. right? And so approaching this, as a, as a comprehensive personal, professional, whatever, it's, it's all kind of one and the same, right? So I, I, we're going to end up talking about things that are personal and that are professional and they're going to bleed into each other and they're going to be intrinsically linked to each other in that regard. Um, and I think to, to start this whole thing off between fault versus responsibility is, is this the breakdown of what those two individual components mean? Right. right? And, and I think blame, is it's it's an outward projection looking to lay something at the feet of a person of a set of individuals as a result of something that happened i believe in the past right and that past can be earlier in the day that past can be last week or whatever you know let's say you know we had something go wrong with a client mm-hmm. right who and, and who was whose fault was it right right versus responsibility is the set of actions that you take in the present moving into the future right and they're not necessarily linked together i don't believe right and and i'm going to give an example of you know when when i took over here at access you know there were some things that needed to be fixed 
right? Culturally, there were some things that needed just to be fixed. Things. Just a few things, right? <laughs> um, on the P and L, there, there was there was a litany of problems that weren't my fault, right? I wasn't here right. for the fifteen years prior to that. It wasn't my fault that the the state of the P and L or the state of the people or whatever. I didn't cause that, but it was damn sure my responsibility to fix it. Right. So they, they're not always the same thing, but I think Tim, that delineation between the two is extremely important. So I was trying to think of what, what might be a good example of this. Um, and you know, and you mentioned it earlier, there's two ways to look at it. One is introspectively, right? This whole blame versus accountability side, but also it's, it's a lot to me, that's the difficult part. The easy part is seeing that in others, right? Something took place and either one of two, and, and, it, and the outcome wasn't great. And so from a supervisor level or a CEO level or a COO level, whatever it is, when you address those things with those people, um, there's two ways to go about that. And, and how you address that with them and then we in turn how we address that with ourselves mm -hmm. is, you know, is it a blame thing or is it a, you know, I guess, I guess what are we looking for there? So if we have someone that works for us, that's on the team and something didn't go well, the way I see it is, you know, one of two things is going to happen. One is, is I'm going to blame them for what took place or I'm going to hold them accountable for what took place. But also when I have that discussion with that person, they're going to either feel blame or they're going to take accountability for what took place. And I know we've talked about that a lot on the podcast and, and what we'd hope to, we would hope for those people to do is first to be accountable for that. Take the, Hey, listen, this happened. This took place. You know, this was on my watch. This was my, this was my responsibility. And I'm, I'm being held accountable and I hold myself accountable. And therefore, because of that, here's where I'm going with it, right? This is my next step versus me putting blame on them without them first taking accountability. And that leads to shame. That leads to a lot of things that can take things downhill really quick without at the end having some sort of a learning moment, a teachable moment, right? So there's two things we need to look at other folks but when we look at ourselves, um, I know that in the past that my go-to has been self-blame. You know, this happened, man. It was a, it was my responsibility. It was my fault, and I screwed up. And I'm, you know, I don't know if I can do this. I don't know if this is for me. Why did I let this happen? And you go down a a rabbit hole of blame and guilt really quick, and. You know, what that does is, and we talk about confidence on the podcast a lot, but to me, that just completely erodes my confidence. It erodes um, my momentum and it puts me backwards a lot. It's kind of like when we talk about, you know, we look back and we say, you know, in the last 90 days, you know, what, what, what's took, what's taken place. And we, and we look at the positive and negative and learn from both of them. But in the past, I know for me, it's been about the blame. And it took a while and took me understanding mindsets to better look at things and number one, be accountable for those things that didn't happen correctly, but stopping and thinking, what could I do different? So it's, to me, it's a, when I, when I deal with team members, it's one way, 
But when I look at myself, it's much harder and it's kind of in a different way. Does that make sense at all? It does. And, and here's what I think, Tim. I think it's cheap and easy to, to blame yourself. And I think it's cheap and it's easy to blame other people right. for the results of a specific situation because it takes no agency. It's take, take no, no self-control and no, no appropriate mindset to blame somebody for something. Right. I mean, think about <laughs> a relationship, right? A girl, a girl breaks your heart. And then, and then what happens? You're like, she's to blame. She, it's her fault that I feel this way. It's her fault that she made me feel like crap. It's her fault that the relationship tanked. Right. And it's, it's super easy to, to point the finger, but where it gets incredibly difficult is to have to have that agency and that control over your mindset and reflect upon what you did to make it happen that way. Yeah. She broke my heart, but was it because I was a self, a self, you know, I was a conceited self-controlling jerk. Yeah. And, and made her feel like there was nothing else that she could do but leave, right? And so same thing in, in any number of professional situations, right? It's easy to blame a project manager for a failed project. It's mm -hmm. easy to blame an executive for a department that's struggling. It's a whole lot more difficult for you as a leader to take responsibility, right? And, and I think before you can project any level of accountability outward to the people that, that surround you, you have to be able to demonstrate it internally, right? Because people follow, we, we're nothing if we don't lead from the front. Yeah. So if we don't demonstrate the appropriate ability to take responsibility and accountability for an action, and again, bring it from the past who's to blame to the present who's, who's responsible, and what are we gonna do in the future to take accountability? Mm -hmm. If you can't do that yourself, then you sure as hell can't do it with the team that surrounds you. You think that maybe, and just that's just hit me, that blame short circuits um, reflection. So, so in other words, when something happens that wasn't the outcome that I was looking for, um, what I wanna do out of that is to stop and reflect on it, right? What happened? What took place? Where am I responsible? Where are others responsible? What can we do so this doesn't happen again? And blame short, circuit, short circuits that so that we don't do the same reflection. We just, man, that was terrible. And either blaming someone or blaming ourselves, and we short circuit the learning part of the process, the journey, right? Is It's almost like when we, we, we place blame either on others or ourselves, it just stops right there. And it just gets negative and it just sits there and smolders, right? It doesn't go, it doesn't move forward. Blame doesn't move forward. Blame takes the situation, puts it there and says, it's somebody else's fault or I'm an idiot or, and you don't ever move forward from that. You don't ever get anywhere with that. Yeah. I like that a lot. You know, I, I really do think there's power in the acceptance of blame or fault, right? And whether it's at your feet, which it should be first and foremost, if you're a leader, you need to reflect upon that. I think that's step one of an after action review that we do here at Access or that we do in the military is <clears throat> what happened. Right. And and it's okay because it's a past event, right? But where it short circuits is if you choose to to stop at that point, right? right. And I think where the magic happens is in that transition point from um, here's what happened. My fault, his fault, whoever's fault, doesn't really matter. Now what? Right. And the, the responsibility and the accountability aspect of it is what carries you forward and allows you to not have to repeat the same mistakes. We're so not looking to, to see who's to blame again. Right. right? And I, I think that's the beauty of the transition point between blame and accountability. But t tell, tell me and tell the listeners, um, we had something happen. We don't have to get into the details of it with a client. And um, so the client decided they didn't want to continue to move forward 
with our solution any longer. And so I know you had a meeting with our services group. Talk about that and talk a little bit about what they expected to hear, mm-hmm. but what they actually heard. Yeah. You know, we do, we've talked about it many times on this podcast. We do a weekly business review and that's where we pull all of, you know, kind of the, the back of the house, as it were, departmental leaders on a call. And we talk about progress relative to OKRs. Right. And, you know, we're kind of on the tail end of the announcement of the dissolution of this partnership with a client. Right. And, you know, we've had stuff like this happen in the past and, you know, people have, have lost their jobs because we've held them accountable to it. Right. right. And not necessarily blame them, but held them accountable for, for failures. And I jump on the call and, and there they sit and this is, you know, a virtual call and you could just tell they were all waiting on bated breath, right? They're waiting for, for what it is that I'm going to say. They're waiting for, they're waiting for the hammer to come. Right. And, and I was like, you know what guys, before you even get this thing started, I want you guys to know that it's okay. Right. I know what's going on. I know this is a big point, a point of contention, but I appreciate what it is that you guys are doing. And nobody on this call is to blame for what happened, right? There was, there was a failure of many different components that led to, you know, to this, this new dissolution of this partnership. But what I want you guys to focus on is what happens next, right? Pour yourself and your efforts into what we do from here forward to ensure that that same set of failures doesn't happen again at the next client. And if we can do that for, through a revised scope of work, a, a revised approach to the customers to be able to artfully and tactfully tell them no, then we're going to avoid the situation. So right. I appreciate you guys. I see it. I hear it. I feel it. You guys are loved. You're appreciated. What you guys do here is awesome and have a good weekend. And the idea behind that was, is to, instead of jumping in, jumping directly into, you know, who did this and who was responsible for that. And it was, let's, let's reflect back on, let's gather. What did we do? What documentation do we have? Did we do things the right way? What could we do different? Right. And that, that situation led to us coming up with some new alternatives on how do we engage with a potential partner or a customer, whoever it is. And so, you know, out of that, out of the negative thing that took place, something very, very positive is going to happen both with, for us and with our future partners and clients, um, because we're going to be able to set expectations better. Not only the how, what, what are we going to do, but the how we're going to do it, which is super important. And I think it energized that group to know that, wow, we're taking that from it. We're going to change some things and moving forward, that's exactly what we need. Absolutely. And I think the the world, part of what makes this company and I think the world at large so beautiful, Tim, is that people, when, when they take responsibility and when they take accountability, they, they're able to exercise agency over how they view any given event, right? right. Think of Kevin Ogar. Remember that, that, mm-hmm. that CrossFit mm-hmm. athlete, right? Mm-hmm. Or, uh, you know, he, it was a horrible lifting event and he, had his, he, he became paralyzed from, from the waist down. And he could have in that moment blamed the event coordinators, right. right? And spent the rest of his life placing blame for the rest of his days on something that was beyond his control. And being bitter, which he could have deserved. Being bitter, be. right? But if you think about what he did, you know, he became kind of the foundational athlete for the adaptive CrossFit athlete right. and started foundations and did muscle ups in a wheelchair. And he he exercised that agency and that control to view what happened as it wasn't my fault, but I am responsible for how I view this from here out. Nobody else has responsibility for my feelings, for my actions, but myself, right? And the world, there's so many cool 
um, you know, stories and examples of people that do that. And I think that's what gives the rest of us hope and inspiration for, for, for better days, man. I totally agree. Um, you know, for me, the way we see things, both positive and negative and what we do with it is one of the most important mindsets and one of the most important things we can do in our life is perspective. Right. So in fact, I'd love to talk about that next. So why don't we just to wrap this one up okay and then we'll the, the the part two of this a series of two we'll we'll dive into the other aspects of that in a perspective yeah no i think that's great and you know what i perfect first episode for this little for this little series um other than us being on video other, yeah other than the fact that there's probably going to be like four or five people in the world that are going to watch this and, and see see us on video but and the next time there'll be two absolutely you know and, and i think the takeaways from this is is find beauty in the acceptance of blame um, whether it's in yourself or whether it's in others, but don't let us stop there. Transition over and take control of the way that you feel. Take control of the actions that happen after that traumatic event and push yourself forward and continue to improve and continue to self-reflect. And you'll find that there's better ahead than there was behind. Right. And I love what you said earlier. And that was have a little grace with yourself. Oh, man. Others. Yeah. We all need it. and We deserve it. We absolutely um, do. We haven't always been gracious with ourselves or others. And there's been some people that have been gracious to us. It's allowed us to move forward. Amen to that. Good episode. Thank you. Yes, sir. Till next time.